Amen, amen. Come on, let's give Jesus a big praise wherever you are watching from, wherever you are tuning in. Come on, why don't we lift up the name of Jesus. Let's give Him some praise in this place. Let's celebrate Jesus is alive. And that is what Easter is all about. Wow. I am so grateful and thankful that I can be here to share with you a thought this Easter weekend. And before I begin, let me just quickly pray uh, us in. Yeah, let's do that. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we thank you that we have this opportunity to gather like this, whether it's at homes or whether it's online. But Lord, no matter the medium, I pray that this weekend, the message of life, hope, and just victory will come true, Lord, as that is the theme of Easter. So I pray that whatever that I am going to share in the next 30 minutes will be from you, not just from me. And open up every heart and just prepare every listener to receive something today. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, Hello everybody, it's good to be here. Blessed Easter again. And I want to acknowledge those of you who are tuning in live. Hello, say hello in the chat. It's good to see you. And those of you who are actually hosting watch parties, thank you so much. And those of you who have taken the time to join a watch party in someone's home or office or building, wherever you're at, hello. It is my privilege today to bring to you a short message of what Easter is about. I hope you enjoyed the performance and the worship. I hope it ministered to you. But I just want to prepare you because man, I've got something burning in my heart, which I believe is from God for you. And if you are not a Christian, if you've, even if you've been to church before, if you've done, gone through the programs and all that kind of stuff, I just want to ask you right now to open up your heart because this weekend, as you listen to this message, I believe something can change, something can happen. Even if you have been in church for a while and you are a Christian, I also want to challenge you and encourage you to open up your heart, not just to go through another sermon, but to really now hear and receive what the story of Easter is all about. You know, the thing about Easter is that it's not as popular as Christmas in this part of the world at least. Christmas for us, you know, it's a public holiday and it's a festive season. There are lots of sales in the shops. They've got, uh, you know, lots of things going on, promos and all that. But when it comes to Easter, not so much here where we live. But the thing is, Easter is as significant as Christmas. Get this, Christmas is the promise, but Easter is the proof. Without either one events, there will be no such thing as Christianity. Without either one of these events, there won't be this thing called faith. There won't be this thing called church. There won't be even this person called Jesus Christ whom we profess to worship. And I want to tell you what Easter is all about today and bring to you a message that will encourage you and challenge you and more than that, change your life. You know, before we get into that, I've got one scripture that I want to read to you. It's taken from Matthew chapter 28, verse 2. It says this, Suddenly, there was a great earthquake, 
For an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, rolled aside the stone and sat on it. This weekend, the theme is raw of resurrection. And when you think of the word raw, what, what a raw is, it is a sound. And what does a sound do when you hear a sound? When it's something that is sudden or when it's something that's really loud, kind of like this. Got you, right? Were you sleeping? I hope that woke you up. You see, what happens when a sound suddenly comes up or a large sound or one with huge volume suddenly occurs, it catches your attention. Whether it's an alarm going off or whether it's um, your phone ringing, it catches your attention. So this weekend, I want to bring to you a sound that, will not, that not only should catch your attention, but it will change your life. You see, the scripture that I just read from, it says suddenly there was a great earthquake. And when that great earthquake occurred, the stone that was blocking the entrance to the tomb where Jesus was laid, it was rolled away. Now, when it was rolled away, it didn't, it probably didn't make a roaring sound, but more of a rumbling. But as the rumbling occurred, there was something that happened. There was something that occurred. And that something is absolutely everything. It can change your life. So I want to now bring us on a little bit of a journey. From a sound, we know something has happened. But from this sound of the stone rolling away from the tomb comes a story. And let me now tell you the story of Easter. You know, I love a good story. I, I would watch absolutely anything that has a good story in it. I'm not a what the young people or what certain people call a weeb, you know, someone who likes Japanese anime. But recently I started watching this anime. Uh, you can PM me or and, uh, DM me and ask me what it is. But it's an anime that I really got into because it has a great story. And I love great, great story. A great story usually has a few different components. You know, it has a great plot. It has an interesting theme. It, it starts off well, it builds up, it reaches a climax, and then it goes to a conclusion. And, you know, there's, a, there's, 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 suddenly there's a plot twist, you know, there's a lot of drama that makes it really exciting. That I love a good story. And the thing about Easter is that it is probably the greatest story ever told. It will probably be the greatest story ever told. The story goes really simply like this. There was this person called Jesus Christ, who was born to a virgin named Mary. And as he came onto this earth, he was supposedly the divine now in flesh. And he lived on this earth for 30 odd years. And he, he, he went around teaching and performing miracles. But what happened was, ultimately, even though he taught with authority, even though he did miraculous things, it cost him his life. He was ultimately betrayed, arrested, and then crucified and died a criminal's death, suffered a criminal's punishment. And the only crime that he had was that he was not accepted by the people that he was sent to. He had no crime. And what makes this story Remarkable, different elements. One, there's a miraculous. Have you ever heard of a virgin conceiving and giving birth to a baby? That's super suspicious, right? 
Have you ever heard of a man walking about, being able to walk on water, being able to heal, being able to do miracles? But most of all, have you ever heard of a man who was visibly tortured, punished, crucified, and then killed and buried in the tomb. And not only that, he came back alive. Have you ever heard of a story of a dead man walking again? That's where I picked up Matthew 28 because what happened was that earlier scripture I read to you was that the women who wanted to go and pay their respects to Jesus, they went there and they had saw all the events that occurred and they found that the tomb was empty and the stone was rolled away. Have you ever heard of a story like this? And not only is this super remarkable because it has all the great elements in it, this story is remarkable because it's supposedly rooted in history. Let that sink in for a moment. It wasn't just a nice tale or a good fable or nice things to tell little children. It supposedly happened in history. Now you may be thinking, nah, there could be conspiracies, there could be this, there could be that. But just consider this for a moment. Do you know Christianity has been going on for a long time now? And I think if you look at statistics, it's like 30% of the world's population, which is not a small number. But it started small back in the days when Jesus was crucified and then he rose again, supposedly. It started when his followers witnessed this event and they went around spreading the gospel. Now consider this, the, only, the one thing that could have stopped this whole Christian religion was to just produce the body of Jesus. And here's another point. The disciples or the early believers who spread Christianity, they didn't have money, power, and they didn't end up with those things as a result of spreading the gospel. They actually suffered persecution, they, they died, and some of them even lost their families and all that. They did all of that. Why? So only two possible reasons. Either Jesus was really alive, or they were all crazy. It's a choice. What will you believe today? Because this story is remarkable. It starts at the virgin's womb and it ends with the empty tomb. Jesus walked through a door that was marked no entry and he walked out one that was marked no exit. From this sound, there is a story, remarkable. But from this story, we find a statement. We find a statement. And the thing about statements is that, um, you know, many of us, we like to make statements. For some of us, we buy expensive watches, maybe a Rolex or um, I don't know what other expensive watches are, right? Because that's a statement, they call it a statement item. Or we drive a certain car because that's a statement item. And when you make a statement, you are declaring something. And when a story is usually told, there's usually a moral of the story or a statement or a fact wanting to, or a truth wanting to be communicated through this story. So what was this story communicating? It was communicating this number one fact. First and foremost, you 
are all sick. We are all sick. What do I mean by that? Luke chapter 5, verse 31 to 32 says this, Jesus answered them, healthy people don't need a doctor, sick people do. I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners and need to repent. Because as we hear the story of Jesus and Easter, we could be thinking, well, that's a great story. It's a nice story. But we may feel like it has no relation to us. But I want to suggest to you that that is actually, there is nothing that can be further from the truth. This story is related to us because here's a condition we are all unwell. We are all sick and we are infected by this thing called sin. Now you may be thinking, hey, I'm not sick. I'm not a bad person. I, you know, I'm, I'm okay. I don't need this judgment or condemnation. But here's the thing to consider. Do you know if you want to know if you're really sick? What you would do is you would ask, drop it into the chat, who would you ask? You would ask a doctor, for those of you who are clever, an Easter egg to you, boom, right? You would ask a doctor. You will not go and consult a lawyer, right? You will not go and consult an accountant. You will not go and counsel a librarian. You will not go and even ask a pastor if you were physically unwell. You will go to the doctor. And the scary thing is sometimes you could be sick and not even know it. With this thing called COVID-19, it is proven that it's such a thing to be asymptomatic, meaning you're not showing any signs, but you are carrying the virus. And for those of us who live long enough, we know of this thing called cancer, how it's devastating, but it can also be really silent. It doesn't make a sound. One day you could get a bad report and it could tell you, look, you've been having this cancer for a while and you will not know it. What you need to do is you need to get a test for COVID-19, for cancer, and you need to see a doctor. In the same way, when we look at ourselves and our lives, we don't look at what the philosopher says, what the politician says, what social media says. We look at what the Word of God says, what the truth tells us. And the truth tells us this, Romans 3, 23, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We are all unwell. It manifests in all the different things that happen in our lives. You see, 1 John 1, 8 says this, if we claim we have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. Because I don't know whether you recognize this, humanity is the most technologically advanced that we have ever been. But yet, the world isn't getting any better. Poverty still exists. Violence, racism, hatred, it still is around. Wickedness, it still is around. You know, C.S. Lewis, he put it this way. You, no one really knows how bad they are until they try to be really good. Have you ever thought about that? And it's not even about how much good should we do or how much bad should we do? You know, a lot of times we think that as long as I am a good person, as long as I am a good person, I'll be okay. But let me ask you a question. How much good is good enough? Or how much bad is too bad? Like if I did 10 good things, 
But would that, can, can that be erased, erased by one extremely bad thing? Or if I did 20 bad things, but if I did one extremely good thing, would that then erase everything that I did? It's not about a measure, it's about the condition that we are in. All of us are born sinful because we have been separated from God because we don't acknowledge <coughs> that we are separated from God. And the only way to come back to God is to get an atonement for our sins. And that's what Jesus did. If you look at 1 John 2 verse 2, it says this, He, that is Jesus himself, is a sacrifice that atones for our sins. And not only our sins, but the sins of the world. Jesus died on the cross as a price for our sins, as a reimbursement, as a rest, as reconciliation, as rest, restoration, as, as atonement, whatever you want to consider, because the judgment that was supposed to be on us was laid on him. And we could be, you could be thinking, what judgment? You know, judgment is like a, a negative word now. Judgment, uh, don't judge me. You know, don't be now judging me. But the truth is, we may not like the word, but we will not disagree with the word in principle. Judgment needs to exist. Think about this. If someone did something really bad, don't you need to judge them? If they broke some kind of law, if they committed some kind of offense, wouldn't it be suitable that they be judged? You know, recently I, I read this, um, I've been looking at a bit of like history and all that. Recently, I read about this thing called the Rape of Nanking or Rape of Nanking, for those of you who, who, who know. It's the Japanese occupation of this region called, or this town called Nanking in China. It started in 1937. Now, what I'm about to tell you is horrific, but it's to illustrate a point. You see, what happened was the soldiers, the Japanese soldiers, they went to this region of Nanking or this place called Nanking and they occupied the town. And that sounds okay, right? But not only did they occupy the town, they tortured the people living there. I'm talking horrendous thing. I'm talking rape. I'm talking murder. I'm even talking torture. They, 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 it is said that the Japanese soldiers would actually even take newborn babies or young kids and they will fling them in the air and they will just bayonet them for fun. It is said that they will make family members intentionally have sexual relations with one another for their entertainment. And the list goes on the horrors that they committed. But we do know how that story ends because in 1945, what happened was two atomic bombs was dropped on two cities in Japan. Hiroshima and Nagasaki. And that explosion, those bombs dropped was devastating. But when we read, you see, when we, if we read that in context, if we just read about atomic bombs, we would think, my goodness, that's so inhumane. That's so bad. Why would they, they didn't deserve that. But then if we read what happened in the rape of Nanking, we will now start to consider, maybe it's a bit of, what, what some people say, karma, they did this bad or that. But here's the point. What happened was judgment happened. Even though it was done on human terms, judgment happened. In the same way, if somebody committed an offense to you, maybe they killed a family member of yours, or maybe they, um, recently I read this story of a Singapore woman who actually abused and killed their maid that lived with them. 
And if we say, we don't believe in judgment, it's okay, it's all good, as long as they say sorry, or maybe they're going through a hard time, maybe they can explain away their intentions, then we can justify the crime. If we thought about it carefully, we would think that's not enough. So let me tell you something. Sin is not just about having wrong intentions or a bad day or misunderstanding. It's not a measure. It's a condition. It is an offense against God. So the statement from this story is that we are all sick. But the statement doesn't end there because the second part of it is that we are all sick, but we can be saved. We can be saved. And Jesus was the atonement of our sins. You know, Corey Ten Boom put it this way. I'll just put the, I'll put a quote up this, I'll put a quote up here on the screen, but I'll just paraphrase it. She talks about how, do you know where, if you, if you ever seen a forest fire, remember last year before the whole COVID-19 broke out, there was this bushfire that was so there was so intense that happened in Australia. It destroyed acres and miles of forestry and wildlife. But Corey Tamman puts it this way. If you have been to a forest fire, if you see a forest fire, do you know where's the safest place in a forest fire? Where the fire has burned itself out. And on Calvary, the anger and the judgment of God burned itself out on Jesus. He paid a price that you and I could never pay. Imagine being in debt for like one billion ringgit or something. No way in your lifetime or your children's children's lifetime could you pay back. But then someone comes along and says, I'll pay it for you. That is the kind of effect and the kind of statement that this story makes. My friends, this isn't just a good story, it is good news. That is the message of Jesus, the message of Easter, and the message of the gospel. It is not just a good story, it's good news. A good story makes you feel nice, but good news can change your life. A good story would be like Goldilocks and the Three Bears, or it would be like the frog and the princess. But good news would be, you've just won the lottery. That scholarship has been approved. The treatment has worked. That is good news and it can change your life. And the good news is this, we can all be saved. So from this sound, we have a story. From this story, we find a statement and from this statement, we now see a sign. A sign that God is alive, that God is real, and that He is living today. You see, the story of Easter proves that God is working and He continues to work today. The grave could not stop Him. Death could not hold Him down. And He is risen and He is walking again. And not only does God give us salvation for eternity, God also provides for us in the now. And that is something that I want to share with you. Something I want to encourage all of you. And something that I want to say that is a great sign. You know, a lot of times in life, 
I don't know whether you are the sign-seeing person, but some of us, we look at horoscopes because we want to see a sign. We go into feng shui because we want to see a sign. Or, you know, we, we go, oh, you know, if, if it rains today, uh, that will be a sign. We, see, we are looking for many different signs, but the greatest sign ever given is the empty tomb. The greatest sound ever made was the stone rolling away because that was a roar of hope, a roaring message now of hope, not just for tomorrow, but even for today. See Luke 24, verse 5 to 6. It says this, In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, this is the women going to the grave and they saw angels there. Now the angels said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Why do you look for the living among the dead? And for many of us, we are looking for a sign. We are looking for signs. We are looking for all the right things in the wrong places. We are looking for value and worth in a career, in a job or in certain social standards. We are looking for acceptance and love in the wrong relationships. We are looking for all the right things in the wrong places. Why are you looking for the living among the dead? Look no more, my friends. See this sign today, and that is Jesus. You know Jesus is real. All the things that I talk to you about, it's not just about saving us from our sin, even though that's so important, but it's real. Let me tell you, a little bit of a story that of a journey that I've been going through recently. So I'm married, and uh, my wife and I we have a uh, a two-year-old. And sometime last year we were actually getting ready, you know, believing, hey, let's now have another child, and you know, a family of four for us would be just nice. That would be great. That would be what we want. And the thing is, we've never. You know, we didn't think much about it. We didn't think that it would be super easy, but we didn't realize it would be difficult. So we started trying for a while, but nothing happened. And even as we started trying, nothing happened. We decided, you know what? Let's go and just see a doctor. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with seeing a doctor. Nothing wrong with just getting things checked out to see whether we're okay. We didn't want to take anything for granted, even though we had a first kid already. So we went to a fertility specialist and we went for men, multiple appointments, it was probably like five or six, you know, over the months. We just went, we went, we went, we tried, we tried, we tried. We took test after test. And for those of you with fertility struggles, you know how draining it is. You got to count the cycle. You got to do different tests. You got to do all that. We went through all of that for a good couple of months, almost a year. And towards the end, towards of that one year period, we, we decided, you know what? We've been going to this doctor and he was great, but let's go and get a second opinion because we, we don't know what's different. And the other doctor, you know, he was just, he, he was a great doctor, but he was just saying, just keep trying. But we want to hear a second opinion. So I remember we went to a different hospital and we were sitting in the waiting room. And as we were sitting in the waiting room, I was just, I was just waiting yeah, to, for our turn. I was with my wife and we were waiting and I was just listening to worship music. And as we were listening to worship music, this song came on, Rattle, the song that we sang earlier on, Rattle. And as it came to the part where it says that my God is able to heal, my God is able to save and restore whatever He wants to, just ask the man that was thrown 
on the bones of Elijah if there's anything that God can do. That line came on. And as that part came on, God spoke to me and God said, you're pregnant. And at that point of time, I was, I don't cry a lot usually, but one of the times where God, where I do cry is when God speaks to me. And at that moment, I got emotional and I was tearing, but you know, I was wearing a mask and all that, so I was good, right? Nobody could actually notice. And but I didn't want to tell my wife because we were going through so much disappointment that I didn't want to get her hopes up. So we went to the doctor and this was our first consultation with a different doctor. The doctor did some tests, did a blood test. Later, the test came back and said, you're pregnant, but this pregnancy has a chance that it may not survive. They call it a chemical pregnancy for those of you who know what that means. And this was sometime in December last year. And I was like, man, God, you said that this, you, you know, you spoke to me and the song goes, live, dry bones hear the word of the Lord, live. So I was like, I'm going to hope, I'm going to believe, I'm going to believe, I'm going to believe. But alas, you know, we, we did, we took a few, we took extra hormone pills and all that, but alas, the pregnancy didn't, didn't manage to pull through and it faded away. That was December. And at that point, I was so jaded and I was actually going to get ready to speak for Christmas. Uh, for those of you who in our church, you know, I actually spoke Christmas weekend. I was so jaded. But then the line, the first line of the song came back to me. Saturday was silent. Surely it was true. But since when has impossible ever stopped you? Long story short, come January, my wife did a little home test and she came to me and she said, the test is positive. And I was like, nah, don't bluff lah. Can't be true, you know, and all that. And I, I literally didn't want to believe it and didn't want to tell anybody about it until we went to the doctor who confirmed that the baby is, the pregnancy looks healthy and looks viable and it is going to happen. It is going to stick. It is going to stay. That is the power of God. That even when the door is closed, when the tomb is shut, that isn't going to stop him. Even when it seems like it's the end of the chapter, it is actually just the turning of a page setting the stage for a great comeback. That's what the power of God is. And that's what I believe that you listening here today, whatever you are needing or believing for, you can receive that today. So I want to ask you to stay on for this message. I'm go we're going to end really shortly. But stay on for this message because I want us to declare something. I want us to get up in worship, especially for those of you who need a miracle in your life. Whatever that tomb or that stone looks like, whether it's bankruptcy, whether it's infertility, whether it's cancer, whether it's depression, anxiety, whatever it is, it can be rolled away. But let me tell you a story, one last story before we get into this. You know, there's this story of this little place called Felkirch in Austria. In 1799, on Easter weekend, what happened was this little Austrian town was under siege from the French army led by Napoleon. Those of you who are history buffs, you know this. Now, this little town 
will have no way it could stand against the might of the French army, which probably had 10 to 15,000 soldiers wanting to invade. And it was Easter morning. The town council decided to gather and discuss what should we do? But an old man who happened to be a dean of the church said this, it's Easter morning. Let us, there is nothing we can do, but there is one thing we should do. Let us just ring the church bells, get everyone together and praise Jesus because it is Easter. Let's celebrate the resurrection. And he said this, my brothers, it is Easter day. We have been reckoning our own strength and that fails. Let us turn to God, ring the bells and have service as usual and leave the matter in God's hands. So that's what they did. This Austrian people, this little Austrian town, they got out, they got out, they was dancing, there was caroling, there was just, and the bells was ringing. And when the French army saw that, they were bemused, they were thinking, why are these people celebrating? And they concluded, you know what? It must be because the Austrian army is waiting for us on the other side. Let's not invade. And they retreated. So today, whatever you are going through, let that whimper turn into a roar. Break out in praise, no matter your circumstances, how, no matter how dire, let's declare and believe. We're going to sing this song. Everyone get to your feet right now. If you've been sitting down, you know, get your heart ready for worship. Let's declare this song as a victory, as prophetically exclamating that yes, God, you can come true for us. Let's sing this song. Praise God, praise God. I don't know about you, but as we sang that song, I, I don't know whether something shifted and you felt something move in your spirit. No matter how big your mountain, no matter how big your problem, we have a bigger God. But I'm going to conclude by saying this. From this sound, we have a story. From this story, we find a statement. And from this statement, we see a sign. But from this sound, there is a source. Do you know every sound has a source? For those of you who believe in the Big Bang, surely even the Big Bang required a Big Banger, someone to create that sound. And you may be thinking, I don't believe in God, I believe in science, everything like that. Hey, what was the catalyst that started everything? Surely it was God and surely it was Jesus Christ. You know, the, there's this line in the poetry that was recited earlier. It says, this dear seeker, wanderer, hear this message and truth. The question is not why, what, but or how. It is a who. And truth is not a concept. Truth is a person. And that person is Jesus Christ. Who did this, who did this person? John 14 verse 6 says this, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus speaks that of himself. John 11, 25 says this, I am the resurrection and the life. You can find life in Jesus today. Will you open up your heart and give your heart to Him? You may be thinking, but I, I don't, you know, I, I don't, I'm not ready and everything like that. I don't understand it. You don't have to understand absolutely everything because salvation is not just a moment, it is a progression. 
you don't need to understand anyone, everything to, to get into a relationship with Jesus because all you need to do is take the first step and say, hey, I want to open up my heart. I want to accept Him. I want to start a relationship with Jesus. You may be saying, I need more proof. How do you know God exists? I mean, that was a great story, but I can't see God. Let me tell you something. I also can't see your brain. But does that mean it doesn't exist? No. We can't see, we can't see love. We can't see hunger. But does that mean that doesn't exist? No. Not everything that exists can be seen. And it's the same with God. We may not be able to see Jesus physically or literally, but He's there and He's real. And His power, I'm, I'm, I'm a living testimony of that His power is real and it can be available to you today. And what do you do? It's as simple as this. Romans 10 verse 9 says this, If you believe in your heart and declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you are saved. And I want to extend an opportunity to you right now. For those of you who have friends or family in your homes at a watch party, Will you now extend this invitation? Would you want to accept Jesus? Do you want to take this step? Maybe you've been coming, coming to church for a while, but you never really made this step. Let today be the day. Maybe you have, you, you have been searching and journeying. Let today be that day. Let today be that day you take the first step of one of the most incredible decisions that you can ever make. It will not be easy. I'm not going to promise you that it's going to be easy and all your answers will be, will be, all the answers will be given, all your questions will be solved. No. But remember, it's not about why, what, or how. It's who. It's Jesus. He will be there every step of the way with you if you will open up your heart. Whether you're having a marriage crisis, whether you're having a health issue, whatever it is, God and Jesus can be the answer. You see, this is the thing about Jesus. Jesus redeems our past, gives purpose to our present, but also gives us hope for our future. That's who God is. That's who God is. So if you have never accepted Jesus into your heart before, if you are in a watch party, can I ask those of you who are hosting a watch party to now turn to someone uh, that you have invited and ask them, would you like to make this decision? If you are tuning in online, whether you are at an online watch party, watching with someone over Zoom or or video chat, or if you are just watching on your own, right now what's gonna happen is there's gonna be a link right here, it's live, totally live. There'll be people at this link waiting to talk to you, waiting to pray with you, waiting to answer any questions. Can I ask you right now, if you wanna make a decision or if you want to ask more questions about what it means to be a Christian or whatever, can you jump into this link and go and talk to a few people right here right now. Don't hesitate, don't wait. Because I believe today is your, the moment, today is your time. And for the rest of us, I want to just close us in prayer. If you are a Christian and you are going through an issue, as I was preparing this message, I was praying and I was asking God for different people who I can pray for, who the Holy Spirit wants to minister to. But this doesn't just extend to the people that I'm going to mention. This is going to be in general for anyone, no matter what you're going through. Now, the first group of people that I want to pray for is that you are married and you struggle with infertility. I want to believe that today, the stone of that tomb will be rattled in Jesus' name. 
if I also want to pray for people who are having anxiety issues, like you're just afraid all the time. I want to speak faith into where, where there are places of fear. I want to speak faith right now. I also want to pray for people who are struggling with cancer, these three areas, and anything else, any other issue, any other issue, why don't we commit to God right now? Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I want to, I thank you that Easter is about victory. And this day we will have victory. I want to commit the couples, will you hold hands if you are couples, will you hold hands right now? I want to commit these couples into your hand. Lord, I pray that the stone of the tomb of infertility will be rolled away in Jesus' name. I want to pray that breakthrough will come upon them. I want to pray that faith will rise up in them right now and they will see a turnaround in their situation in Jesus' name. Lord, I also want to pray for those people who are having anxiety. Lord, I pray that they will fear no more, but they will look to you, look to God. They will look to you. Lord, I pray for all negative thoughts, all fears, all whatever that is gripping them and whatever that is imprisoning them to be broken and to be gone in Jesus' name. Lord, I want to pray for those who are having cancer right now as well. Lord, in Jesus' name, I speak your healing touch, your breakthrough power to come upon them right now. Cancer be gone in Jesus' name. And Lord, for everybody else listening in, then we need a miracle. Lord, may we look to you and what you've done, not just at the cross, but at the tomb. May we look to you. You, God, are the miracle worker, the way maker. You will undo all things, bankruptcy, depression, relationship crisis, whatever it is, you can undo, you can restore all things. So we look to you right now in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you for Easter. I thank you for not just a cross, but the empty tomb. And I pray that this will continue to inspire us and challenge us and motivate us to draw closer to you and to live for you and to walk in your power for the rest of the year. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Well, thank you so much for tuning in to our Easter service this weekend. I hope you received something. I know you would have received something. Before I go, I just want to bring up this link again. If you need prayer or any form, or you know, whether you are a Christian or not a Christian and you would like someone to pray with you, continue to just follow up, please jump onto this link right now. There'll be someone there to talk to you and to pray with you. And if you are new, if you are tuning into our church for our church service online for the first time or you have joined a watch party, if you are new, I think there's going to be a link somewhere as well. You can jump onto that and just connect with people talk to us, find out more about our church. We don't just want you to come and watch our service. We would love for you to be part of our community and our faith family. But that's all from me. God bless you. Have a blessed Easter weekend. And I know that the same power that rose Christ from the dead is available to each and every one of us. So keep believing, keep seeking. God bless you. See you all, everybody. Bye-bye.